I'm Dr. Kimberly Manning. And this is Dr. Ashley McMullen. And you're listening to the Human Doctor Podcast, where we explore the human side of medicine, along with teaching, living, learning, and all things in between. Using the power of storytelling, conversation, and connectedness. Hey, we're two dope academic internal medicine doctors, but we ain't your doctors. So if you perceive anything we say here as medical advice, no, it ain't that. Also, the things we say, they only reflect our brilliant black woman magic mind and not our employers. You could have been anywhere, y'all, but you chose to be here with us and we appreciate you. Let's Let's go. How are you doing? Coming in hot from the Grady Wards, Mm -hmm. where I am somebody's attending and that's my happy place. So, you know, it's all good. And it sounds like you've got a good team with you. Oh yeah, man. I have a really great team. I'm uh, working with a resident that I have worked with before. I worked with him as an intern Mm. and, you know, he was really excellent as an intern and is excellent again, but more mature as a senior resident. And this is like a shameless plug, but oh well. (laughs) Jennifer Spicer and I wrote for the Journal of Hospital Medicine, a piece called Fighting Reputational Inertia. Mm. And it is all about how sometimes people just hear that you're great or they heard that you got asked to be chief, you know, and then they just stop giving you feedback. They Mm. stop pushing you to be into a zone of development. They don't have anything to say to you other than great job. Just keep it up. And actually, of course, they asked you to be chief resident. You're amazing. Mm. I mean, oh, I'm so lucky to have you. And these are things that while it feels good to hear, it causes you to stagnate. And also to me, I think is a threat to people's longevity in their jobs, because when you start to feel like you just doing the same thing over and over. Um, so it was really fun today to give Christian, my senior resident, some feedback, and he is doing a fantastic job. <laughs> but I explicitly told him why and came up with at least one or two charges of things that he could do to even elevate his already super tight game to make it even tighter. So it was just, it's always funny when these residents who have been high performers, when I'm giving them all this feedback, they they just look like a parched, um, <laughs> a person who is like severely dehydrated if you're suddenly giving like some water to, yeah. like, you know, it's always, all of it is reserved for people who need, you know, to remediate something, all of this explicit feedback. And I'm Certainly. Like, you know what? Everybody needs some feedback. Yeah, no, that's real. You know, feedback is not, I mean, it's a skill. You know, we've talked about this, the culture at UCSF a lot. It's just like, how do we get better about giving like actually like good constructive feedback and not just you're doing great. The sandwich, right? (laughs) I like your hair. You need to uh, write your notes earlier. (laughs) I really like your shoes. (laughs) Yes. Oh man. Well, I was going to ask you how your weekend was, but then I remembered you were on wards. So, but that made it fabulous. Um, Well, I had a wonderful weekend. Yeah. Saturday, we had a nice little outdoor gathering for our our trainees who identify as black and it was all the way live. So it was really heartwarming to have such a nice group there. We've really been able to, to grow in number and support each other as a community. So something I'm really proud of. The other thing I did was pick up a new book at the library. Oh, shout out to the folks at the Oakland Public Library. They're super nice. And while I still am claiming my my amateur arborist status, I finally picked up Astrophysics for People in a Hurry by Neil deGrasse Tyson. (laughs) 
girl. It is so fascinating. About astrophysics for people that don't really know what astrophysics is. This is the book for you. It breaks it down really nicely and it's succinct. So let me take out my phone and see if it's on Audible. I bet you it is. It's a popular book. I just haven't had a chance to read it yet. And with all those cool images coming from the Webb telescope, it's a fun topic to think about. So highly recommend. Wow, Ashley. I mean, you just be taking it to another level sometimes. <laughs> and I'm here. I'm really here for it. I'm just, I feel like this has really like diversified my friend group. <laughs> like, you know, I had a friend just be in the library reading books about astrophysics on a weekend. I just really have come to really embrace the, the real nerd in me. I just love this stuff. And it's fun to learn about things that are completely new outside of like your normal day to day. Agreed. I absolutely positively agree with that statement. It is good to learn something that you just did not know, especially in medicine. I really love when I hear something I just didn't know. Absolutely. This is my one last thing I'll share. It is just simply about the decision that you can make to be an asshole or not be an asshole day to day. So my example here is that as a person who is older than you and who has been married almost long enough for my marriage to be able to buy alcohol, (laughs) um, My husband was like, I'm getting ready to go over to this reggae festival with my friend. And I didn't remember us talking about him going to the reggae festival. Mm. But the truth is, I had just gotten home from work. I was tired. I didn't want to go to the reggae festival. I really didn't care if he went to the reggae festival. He's a good guy. He does not do things where it's disrespectful of my time. And I started to say, you didn't say anything to me about going to the reggae festival. But then I said, that would just be being an asshole because I don't care if he goes. It might be fun for him to go. So you know what I said? Have fun. Oh. If they got some oxtails, hook your girl up. <laughs> <laughs> That's my wisdom of the 50-something today. The Grady Doctor wisdom. By way of the Grady Elders. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that's the stuff for life. Oh, sure. Well, speaking of the stuff that gives us life, guess what? It is your lucky week, y'all. I'm going to sit back in this chair and quietly eat these peanuts that I'm trying to not snack into this microphone because I'm hungry, while all of us get to bask in being blessed by a story by none other than the Ashley McMullen. So, sis, what is the what? Okay, I'm going to try this one out. The what for this episode is awe. Awe? Mm-hmm. A-W-E? Yeah. Oh, I like it. Okay. So uh, of course I got to ask what came to mind when I hit you with that one? The first thing I thought about was how the word awesome, we use it all the time, but Mm -hmm. um, it's probably not in the proper context when you think of things that really make you feel awe. Sometimes I, I find myself using the word awesome only like when I think something is worthy of the word. Mm, I like that. Mm-hmm. You're full of intention. I'll be trying. Well, you know, I think that we're coming up close to episode 45. And, you know, I was just thinking as we kind of hit, you know, new milestones, of course, you know, what I'm going to do is hit y'all with another Shelly Ryle story. <gasps> Yay! And part of the inspo, of course, was just, you know, spending these last couple of days just like really sitting with like the mysteries of the cosmos and just how awe-inspiring it is, again, that we as human beings exist on this one little rocky planet circling around this one star Mm -hmm. that is among billions in the Milky Way galaxy, that is among billions of more galaxies. And there's just so much to be inspired about. And I think 
it reminds me to try to each day get outside of the minutia that sometimes can bog me down mm -hmm. and really sit with just the magic of our day-to-day -day existence. Sorry, that was a very convoluted intro. That was a dope story. preamble, y'all. I know, <laughs> yeah. you see, that's why I told y'all when I'm giving the story, it's a bye week. You don't get nothing like this one for me. <laughs> but I digress. So the story is going to center around the day that she actually died. And for yeah. those who may be new to our podcast, can you just tell them who Shelly Ryle is? Oh, of course. Yes. So this is my maternal grandmother. She is someone that I grew up very close to. In fact, I lived with her for the earliest parts of my childhood and then spent a lot of time with my grandmother growing up. In September of 2020, I just happened to be at home visiting um, when my grandmother unexpectedly had a massive stroke. And for the next about two and a half to three weeks, I was with her every day in the hospital, kind of seeing things evolve and change and ultimately came to the decision with my family to have her come home on hospice. And so um, perhaps that's where I'll actually pick up the story. You know, to be completely honest, I was actually kind of afraid to have her tie at home because mm. I wasn't sure how it was going to go down. I don't know if you've had this experience, but sometimes, you know, families will bring loved ones home, but it can be overwhelming and they'll end up bringing them back to mm. the hospital, even though they've already been on hospice. Yeah. And so I was really scared about something like that happening. I wasn't sure how my family would react. I wasn't sure how I would react. And to be honest, I was just, I was scared. I was scared of the uncertainty. The other thing that was happening around that time was um, it was like a late hurricane season in Houston. We had a lot of storms passing through. And so they had actually pushed back her discharge dates because they couldn't get an ambulance through because wow. there was just so much rain. And so it was just like a lot happening. But we did eventually get her home. And throughout that time, again, it was really unclear, like the duration of how long she would be there, but it was also a complete 180 from the experience in the hospital. When I was in the hospital, I was just on 10 as far as anxiety level the whole mm -hmm. time. When we actually had her at home, it was just like trying to figure out how to relax yeah, and just be still. You know, I couldn't really do much else. At one point, I'd even like had my roommate ship my laptop home thinking I'd be able to like mm -hmm. do a little bit of work. And I just like, I just couldn't. Right. And it was like, I could only live within 24 hours because mm -hmm. I didn't know what each day was going to look like. But for those 14 days, I slowly kind of relinquished control of my role and just was present. And we had family from all over coming through. I mean, even like ex-spouses, ex-girlfriends, like wow. so, so many people that my grandmother touched who, even though they weren't, you know, as involved in the family, were very much connected to her and were able to come see her and talk to her and say goodbye. So the night before she passed away, a couple things happened. It was another storm coming through. There were like these giant, dark, ominous clouds, but they somehow just passed over us. It never started raining. The other thing that happened, we had uh, two incredible home health nurses, one who came throughout the day and one who stayed overnight. And the nurse who normally comes through the day called that evening, like at the very last minute saying she had some other obligation to attend to that she had forgotten about. And so, you know, instead of getting another nurse, you know, our family's just like, well, we're here, like, we'll, we'll take care of it until the night the nurse comes. And so that happened. That evening, 
for whatever reason, I slept really well that night. Mm. I remember this stood out to me because I'd been having trouble sleeping that whole time. But for whatever reason, I had just like the most peaceful rest I'd had for the last six weeks. And then when I woke up that morning, the weather was perfect outside. It was, the sun was shining. It wasn't even humid. It was like, you know, it was almost like the Bay Area, I'll say. (laughs) (laughs) But in any case, I I remember waking up. I woke up early specifically because I was like, oh, like the the day nurse isn't here. So let me go downstairs and help out. And, um, you know, there was a big window where we kept her bed and light was just pouring in. And my family was already awake. And I was just like, what's what's going on? And then I looked at her and I realized that she was like Shane Stokes breathing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just kind of took the wind out of me a little bit because I, for whatever reason, I just wasn't expecting it. I was just so, I was just in such a peaceful state. And I was just like, oh, wow, I did not see this coming today. But that's what it was. And so you know, a lot of my family was just kind of coping by like busying themselves with other things. And so it was just me and my mom in the room with her. And we were kind of getting a little nervous because one of my uncles was trying to make it back to Houston in time. Mm. So he and my brother got to the house. And the first thing my uncle did, he just went and changed the radio station to like this upbeat gospel music. It was like some Kirk Franklin or something. So we've got the sun shining, like this gospel music is playing. It's just me and my mom in the room. My mom is on the right side and I'm on the left of my grandmother's bed and I'm just like holding her hand and I'm feeling my fingers across her wrist. And at some point I feel a pulse kind of fading. Mm. Me and my mom aren't saying anything, but at one point my mom had turned around to get a little morphine just to help with the, the secretions and the breathing. And the moment my mom turned around was the moment that my grandmother took her last breath. Mm. What was really moving to me was I was the only one who saw it. Wow. Yeah. It was, again, awe is the only word that I can grasp because I had been so afraid this whole time. Like I had convinced myself I didn't want to see it. I didn't want to be there. And I was the only one to bear witness Mm. to this. And it was so special to me Mm. that I got to hold that moment with her. You know, the tears and the sadness came on the backside. But for that brief moment, I was literally just like, holy shit, that just happened. And it was fine. (laughs) In fact, it was beautiful. We were there. We were together. It was at home. (laughs) It was beautiful outside. It was peaceful. And it was just, yeah, it was awe-inspiring. Her Ashley. Yeah. It was me and her, that last moment. Wow. That is awe-inspiring. You know, I think um, when you do what we do for a living and you see situations like this or live them, you start to recognize the power of, of will. Even when people seem like completely like comatose sometimes that there's something happening on some level that they're aware of the people who love them and their needs, mm-hmm. you know? So this, this part about your uncle making it back in time and your mother turning her back, you know, it's almost like, I don't want my daughter who's a nurse to see this. Mm-hmm. And I want Ashley to see this, mm-hmm. you know? 
that's so deep. And yeah. when you start having stuff like that happen, you know, you, you start to know to, to tell people like you need to get up here because mm-hmm. this person is they get ready. And, you know, if I tell them you're on the way, they probably gonna hold out for you. And I think, you know, as, as doctors, sometimes you can feel like we're supposed to kind of shy away from these conversations around like mm-hmm. supernatural or whatever word we, we ascribe to it, the things that are seemingly unexplainable. But lo- like love is so mighty. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and I think that's something we can all agree upon, you know, because sometimes when people think we're having these conversations, they think it's a religious discussion. And I don't know that I'm thinking of it that way. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking of for everybody who has ever been cherished by someone or who has ever cherished someone, that they know what that feels like. And so regardless of if you are agnostic, atheist, you pray to Jesus, Allah, Buddha, whomever you pray to or, or pray for or what mm-hmm. have you, I think love is something we can agree upon. Absolutely. And I have seen that in people who do not speak English. I have seen that in people who have every bit of cultural concordance with me. This thing where you see where a person is is ready, they just need permission. Do you have anything that you regret when it comes to your grandmother in that mm. time frame? Because most of your discussions of her, I don't feel like you do, but I just wonder, are there anything you wish you'd said to her? You know, I've thought about this many a time and honestly, no. <laughs> Honestly, no. You know, and I think part of this was just, again, how she, how she led her life and and the nature of our relationship. Mm -hmm. Every time we saw each other, she hugged me like she didn't know when she was going to be able to do it again. And, um, you know, I am just so overwhelmed by gratitude for the time that I got to spend with her before Mm. this happened, that it's hard to even fathom like, what I would have wanted else to happen. I mean, of course I would have loved to have more time, but goodness, like the fact that I got to be there, the fact that we had the space and the resources to bring her home Mm. and to have family be able to come through like in the middle of a pandemic and nobody got COVID. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This Mm -hmm. was pre-vaccines. Like, you know, it's, it's hard to ask for much more than that. That's a beautiful thing. That is a beautiful thing. I mean, you know, this idea, and we've talked about this before, that like there's just any goal in life is just to live a life that's free of regrets. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you saw this recently. I was talking about an experience I had talking to one of the Grady elders who basically was talking to me about when his little brother died and how his sister, she was was upset with him because he had had um, some, some issues with drug addiction. And when he, and he had gotten into recovery and was doing better, but she never forgave him and he died suddenly mm-hmm. and how his sister was just never right again. The way we even got to the conversation is because he saw the tattoo on my wrist. This is sister. He talked about it. Like it was just the saddest, saddest thing um, because he tried so hard, you know, to get her to forgive him mm-hmm. and that, you know, having somebody leave you and leaving you with regret. It's just very hard to know what to do with that. So even as I'm navigating my father's death and, um, you know, everybody's grief looks a different way, but if somebody comes up to me and they're like expecting me to, to exude a different kind of sorrow, like you, I just can't think of anything that went unsaid. I, I just wish he was here. And that is something that can make me tear up sometimes, but this patient, you know, we were talking about this word stronghold, and he was talking about how pride can be a stronghold. And we had been talking about stronghold in the context of 
drug addiction, Hmm. but his sister had a pride stronghold. And if you have people that you love in your life or people that you need to forgive or, or something where if things got interrupted between you, you will be left with regret. It's a good reason to, you know, squash things that aren't that important. Yeah. Like going to a reggae festival. (laughs) (laughs) No, exactly. Because life is short. Life is short. So don't be an asshole. Don't be an asshole, man. Yeah. You know, I I could hear stories about your grandmother all day. You know, I've heard versions of when you told me when she passed away, but they all have a, like a different slice and a different slant whenever you tell them. And I just think it's through the lens of your love that makes the the story so magical and so awe inspiring. Mm -hmm. I feel like I knew her. Yeah, I really do. I feel like I knew her. And that is probably one of the best things you can do for somebody that um, transitions out of this life, Mm -hmm. continue to introduce other people to them. I feel fully introduced to your grandmother. I love that. Yeah. That's my girl. (laughs) Shelly Rael. (laughs) Yeah. Now you two would have hit it off for sure. Yeah. She looking out for me. That's why I be getting good parking spaces. now. That divine intervention. (laughs) That's right. That's right. That's what's up. You know, maybe if somebody's listening and they have somebody they love um, that's not here and on earth anymore, you know, maybe make it a make it a point this week to introduce somebody to the person who cherished you and that you love so that another death doesn't happen. Yes, absolutely. There's there's one death that doesn't have to happen. And that's the one where we stop talking about the person. Mm. See, ain't you glad you hang out with people in their 50s? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm learning more and more. Y'all are my folks. So I'm saying, I'm saying, I mean, we don't be in the library, but <laughs> it's okay. All right, sis. Well, um, blessings to you. Thank you for blessing us with that story. And I love you very, very much. Yes, I love you too, sis. Thanks for, for listening and always hyping me up. For sure. Even though I am a library nerd. <laughs> that you are. <laughs> That wraps up this week's episode of the Human Doctor Podcast. Special thanks to our favorite brother gastroenterologist, Dr. Chuma Obiname for the beats. Shout out to the Dr. Ashley McMullen for editing and production. Mad love to our podcast family at The Nocturnist and the Clinical Problem Solvers, our med Twitter fam. And especially shout out to all of you, our listeners. Until next week, remember, we see you and you are enough. Holla! Holla.